meets you preferred. Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. I come up with a cooler name, Island Island Dwayne, one an island. Island Dwayne. Yeah. Yeah, your island. Your I island. the water in the background. Your island gets a little spotty every once in a while. Huh? Your island gets a little spotty. Hey, man, hey listen, I'm on a private. I'm on a private island. All of a sudden, you like fast forward. Like it's very awkward. It's very, very, very trippy. Uh, well, all right. Well, uh, what's been going on, Dwayne? Uh, it's, well, I'll tell you this week. I have not played soccer, or no, I have not coached soccer for the first time in a long time. Okay. So uh, been, uh, I had eighty-five played eighty-five minutes. Eighty-five minutes. Amazing. Yeah. So if you want to go back to Sunday of last week, yep, um, we played the second place team in my adult league or the old men's league, as Maddie Matt calls it. <laughs> um, we played the Green Turtle, who um, has a lot of people that I know. Okay, and we we the Dover Green Turtle, Turtle, right? Dover Green Turtle. We so smacked them like I don't know. I don't really go to the Green Turtle. Their shirts are also like white, red, white, and blue. Okay, but uh. We put a smackdown on them, like 5-1. Um, they said, well, we brought our B team. And I said, well, hopefully you bring your A team next week. And then after that, the team forfeited. So a couple of us stayed and we played another game. And, uh, it was a cool game. We were down 3 nothing, And then in about seven, eight minutes, we came back and beat them 4-3. So they were oh. really upset with themselves. Impressive. Um, we were just like knocking the ball around, choking around, making mistakes. And then... I mean, they still got the win, but then at the same time, we humiliated them by beating them four to three. <laughs> and about seven to eight minutes, we we turned it up real quick. <laughs> Interesting. Um. Well, we flip the switch. Flip the switch, man. Look at that. Look at you flipping the switch. Um. So yeah, to all the young the young listeners out there that are still you know playing playing, you know, it's okay if you're dogging it. Now, if you guys can flip that switch and get after it, flip the switch and get after it. There you go. Um, well, it's been a it's been super busy soccer week as far as like what's what's happened since last Friday or last Thursday when we recorded. Uh, so when we recorded, there was only three games or two games that had gotten played of the World Cup. Um, now there's been a ton more. Um, and one of the things that that was really interesting is uh, I went through my, my bracket. I only had half of your bracket or whatever you, you, we did last week, but I went through half of my bracket and um, out of the eight, uh, 16, 20, 22, 24, 27 games that have been played. Um, I've only gotten eight, um, eight results wrong. Like like completely like the like the who won who lost who tied, only gotten eight wrong, and I have gotten I have matched two results. You know what that tells me? So nineteen, you need to go to- 19, 19 good results, and two of those out of the nineteen I, I've I've like hit completely. Um, one of them was which is you know a little bit of a not an upset, but it was you know I put the China China Haiti game that was this morning. 
I put it as a one nothing game, and it was a one nothing game. <clears throat> what does that tell you? I would have. I, I tell tells me you should go to Delaware Park. No, I'm good. Take twenty dollars and just play like two games. Oh, just who wins and who loses? Yep, just take the money line and just take your twenty dollars and just put two games. So there's three games a day. Yeah, you pick the two that you're the most confident in. Yeah, and you put that in there. You might come out with $37 and you know, you only made 17 bucks, but guess what? You didn't lose the $20. One, some of the, uh, some of the ones that I think were the more, um, the more surprising ones. Like I, I predicted the, the Nigeria Canada tie. Okay. Um, and that was a one, I predicted a one, one, it was zero, zero. So I thought that was, that was kind of cool. Um, the other one that I thought was, was really interesting um was the where is it oh colombia south korea colombia beating south korea the the score was two nothing but it, you know i predicted three two so that was uh that was a big one there. I, mean, I think that i know my my i was predicting a lot of goals and i think I, it was like maybe like two or three days ago someone said there's only been like two games with four more goals in a game so it's yeah. been a very like not low scoring, but like I, I would say the competition gap has drastically closed from the last World Cup. Yes, a hundred percent. I think for a couple of reasons. I think one, um, one is the fact that you now have thirty-two teams in comparison to before twenty-four, um, right? Twenty-four teams, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you added in an extra two groups, which added a lot more more teams. You added another South American. Team to the equation, you added um, a couple more European teams. So in general, you've added a lot more teams that that normally wouldn't have gotten the chance to to play in the World Cup, um, which I think shows the level of it. And I also think you're you're starting to see, and well, we actually discussed this last night. Um, you're starting to see the the benefits of what the 2019 World Cup was, and even the 2015 World Cup of how how kind of changing in in a lot of it having to do with with making sure that that women's soccer had the same resources as men's soccer um you know better pay for for women's players more organized leagues that that meant something um like all these things are so finally starting to you're starting to see the benefits of the work that's happened for eight years um and you're starting to see players that have been under those those benefits right you're starting to see these younger players like Caicedo from Colombia who plays at Real Madrid um you know you got players like Hades <laughs> Hades average I was wa- I was watching the the Haiti game today against China which Haiti lost to England one nothing after technically being up and then the the PK goal got called back uh, or sorry, not their P- they didn't they didn't score. Um, sorry, uh, England uh, took a PK. Their Haitian goalkeeper saved it, but then it got re retaken because the goalkeeper was off her line early. But England only beat Haiti one nothing. Um, China today beats beats Haiti again on a PK. Um, but the the average um. The average age for the Haitian national team is like barely 25 years old, 24 years old. 
Um, so you you in general have a younger generation of players that have now all have experience and have have been able to play at bigger in big stages. So now when they get to the World Cup, it, it does become uh, you end up seeing a lot of really really good soccer, which is which is fun. It's what you kind of want to see. Um, I mean, that's why the U.S. played Uzbekistan like last year. Yeah. Uzbekistan came over. I mean, yeah, sure they got beat like nine ten nothing, but. They got the experience. They played against one of the, well, the defending world champions, but they also like, you know, it's almost like college football. It's like, hey, like, it's a money game. It's a friendly for the U.S. to get some players' experience, and for Uzbekistan, yeah. hey, we paid you. You got some exposure. You got to play in front of a crowd. Now take this money back for your resources. Yeah, for sure. Um, Everybody's yeah. been using their money well, except for Canada. Yeah, I mean the Canada situation is interesting. I mean, obviously they had a lot of a lot of issues going into the World Cup, um, and now I mean they they were able to manage a result against uh, Ireland. Um, but I thought Ireland was was good. I thought Ireland did a really good job as well. Um, they went up one nothing four minutes into the game on the first corner kick of the game. Uh, an Olympico gets scored, um, and then Canada has to kind of fight their way back into it. They they score a goal right right before the end of the half. And then very quickly into the second half they score another goal. Um which kind of solidified their win. But but it was a good game. I think the Nigeria Australia game was uh was extremely entertaining. Um you know uh Nigeria beating Australia three to two. Um I, I watched that as well. Um, I thought, you know, Australia just, just struggled. I thought it was just a big, big struggle for Australia. Um, well, you lose your best player. Yeah. And then a player does an interview and says, your best player tour something. And that wasn't supposed to be um, announced. Announced. Yeah. It kind of hurts a little bit because maybe there were players in the locker room that didn't know that she'd actually tour something. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that's the that's the tough part for Australia. I mean, I get it, you're on home soil, but when you lose your best player on and you're on home soil, it's kind of tough to bounce back. I mean, not only do you lose your best player, your play, best players also happens to be one of the best players in the world. Um, that's it. That's your best huge. player was on FIFA. Yeah. Um, the Philippines upsetting New Zealand, I thought was a was a really really interesting result. Um, Philippines beating uh, New Zealand one nothing. Um, I, I, I do think we need to talk about, um, I, or at least I want to talk about Argentina, um, because since we've, since we've recorded the last episode, Argentina's played twice. Um, I thought against Italy, um, I thought the first half against Italy was, was very good. Um, I thought Argentina dominated the majority of the game possession was, was good. I thought everything they did with the ball off on on the offensive side and defensive side was, was really good. They just missed some chances. Um, the goalkeeper for Italy made some good saves. And I thought the second half, I thought you ended up with just some tired legs. I think that's what it came down to. I thought, you know, um, Italy was able to outwork Argentina within the 90 minutes. And it's unfortunate when you get scored on, um, by a goal that like you know you get scored on the 87th minute um 
it's not a like it was a it was a off a corner kick like it wasn't anything that was um don't give up corner kicks in the 87th minute no i i i don't disagree <laughs> with you don't give up uh, corner kicks at all i don't disagree with you but um but yeah i just think it's it's tough when that happens you know um but um defend higher up the field i mean 87th minute as you said yeah there's your, there's your coaching point yeah so but i think it's just a tough i think i think it's tough i mean it's um i think when you're when you're doing something like that i think you know you argentina i thought you know came into that game um as the one of the underdogs of or one of the overlooked teams that that team that people weren't going to pay a ton of attention to um because just in general like you know it's a team that that hasn't um uh, actually though the goal that wasn't a corner kick it was just a poor deflection and then um a cross that came in it wasn't a corner kick um and in too deep at the 87th minute yeah um but but i thought argentina considering that argentina holds a very unfortunate record which is the the longest running women's team with the most amount of games in a world cup without a win. Um, so I think it stands, it stands at uh, 12 now, 11 or 12 games without, without a win, 11 world cup games without wins. Um, but what I think Argentina showed was the fact that they could compete at that level, even though Italy is not the strongest European team, um, they could compete at that level. And then last night against South Africa, um, I thought the first half was was not good. Argentina made a very poor uh, error uh, defensively, which they they normally don't. Um, and they conceded a goal in the first half pretty early on. And then uh, and then you end up, you know, you um, you end up down a goal starting the second half you make some changes which kind of help a little bit but you're still trying to play over the top um you're trying to play very direct which against most african teams that's very difficult to do um and then again in the 66th minute 66 minute you give up a really bad goal uh of a pretty bad defensive mistake um and then you're you're kind of fighting back you know you got 24 minutes left you know plus stoppage time so close to 25 30 minutes left and then you're trying to figure out what you do then um but luckily uh sophie braun um you know oregon uh born in oregon i believe or seattle um either oregon or washington one of the two states uh played at gonzaga um mom's uh, argentinian dad's that's american um you know is able to go uh you know, she ends up getting moved up in the midfield. Normally, she plays as a defender, scores a really, really good goal. And then um, Romina Nunez, who had come in in the second half, uh, ties the game up. And then Argentina had the ability to almost win it, uh, just unfortunately um, couldn't get it done, but but gets a really, really good point, um, which still gives them hope um, with Portugal, or not with Portugal, with um, Sweden and Italy playing tomorrow. Um, depending on the result of that game, then Argentina still has a shot at it. 
Um, what about the U.S.? What do you think about the uh, about the U.S.? I know you didn't get to watch the game because you went you were at the Union game, which we'll we'll talk about the Union in a little bit. But um, what do you think? One one against the Netherlands. Yeah, I mean, you go down one nothing earlier, and that's like the first game in like seventeen games that they've trailed, like seventeen World Cup games that they've trailed. Um, I mean, way to battle back and get the result. I mean, Lindsay Horan's interview afterward kind of tells you. Um, kind of the why behind her goal. Not that she wanted to score a goal, but that she was just that upset and needed to let out her frustrations. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's a good result. I mean, it's a rematch of the uh, the last World Cup final. It's always a tough game when that when that opponent's in your group because you know you both kind of know that you're not having a ton of turnover. You know what to expect out of those teams, and I mean, they put themselves in a good position. I guess. I mean, you kind of control your own destiny at this point. Um, you know, they, they can win the group as long as they, you know, score a couple goals. Um, but they have to they have to battle against the Portugal team that um will ultimately decide their fate. Yeah. Yeah, and Portugal the Netherlands, you gotta, you gotta assume beating, the Netherlands is probably gonna go through it, right? Everybody's well, beat Vietnam. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean the Netherlands should should beat the Vietnam. Uh Portugal beat Vietnam two nothing last night or early early this morning. Um what I think is interesting is when you look at the stats, you know, you're looking at 18 shots for the U.S., um, five for for the Netherlands, um, but the U.S. only hit four shots on target. Um, well, so, that was the same thing as the Vietnam game too, right? They were, they had like 70 shots. But, yeah, I but mean, the, but here's the interesting part: in a second half that was dominated primarily by the U.S. Um, in the overall game. The Netherlands still had more possession, fifty-seven to forty-three, and the Netherlands had four five hundred and two passes, whereas the U.S. only had three hundred and sixty-two, and um, and the Netherlands had a better passing percentage, so seventy-six percent versus sixty-eight for the U.S. Um, I think that's the hardest part. I think the fact that, I, and this is what I've this is you know goes back to what we were talking about earlier about you know eight years ago in the changes in women's soccer, I think this is what happens. I think I, I, I do genuinely think that that U.S. The, the U.S. women's soccer team has to have some sort of a, of a change foundationally. I don't think, uh, you know, we can discuss the coaches, the players, and all that other stuff at another point. But I do think that this shows that the rest of the world is now catching up. The rest of the world is, is doing things that, that, expose the the weaknesses that the u.s has the u.s has always been able to just you know outlast you know outrun out physically they, play direct, they basically play a direct style. like you can just looking at the stats the u.s plays very direct um and you can say the netherlands were more possession oriented but again possession doesn't score goals and playing direct also doesn't mean you're going to score on every opportunity no i'm not yeah and i'm not saying that i'm just saying and and you can be successful having that style of play don't get me wrong i just think that the u.s it lacks a lot of technical ability and and i think it goes beyond the idea of the players i think the u.s lacks technical ability from a foundational standpoint in comparison to the rest of the world i think when you look at something as simple as your first touch and you watch the u.s have these first touches or even passes the amount of bouncing balls that were passed 
like not not you hit a ball that goes you know 10 yards in the air and that's how it's bouncing you hit a pass on the ground and it's it goes bouncing because you've improperly hit the ball to a pass now against a team like vietnam those things don't necessarily pop up because the speed of play is dictated by the us in theory the speed of play was at times dictated by the netherlands and by how they pressed the us um but I think it's I think it's a foundational thing, and I and I would love at some point for us to in the future to discuss, um, and, and we definitely need to bring a guest for this, and we'll have to figure out who the right guest for for this is. But foundationally, what what do we and we we you know I think you and I probably have a have a good idea of who the guest could be about this, but um, foundationally, what what should we be doing better, um, to help the future of of the U S women's national team, I think, um, again, the U S can go out and win this world cup. I don't think, I don't think it's out, you know, it's, it's far fetched that it'll happen that they'll have, they'll be the best the, or the first team, both men's or women's in the world cup to, to ever win three world cups in a row. Um, I don't think it's far fetched. I think it's actually quite likely to a certain extent that that could happen. Um, but I don't think that this, I think the I think the drop off unless something changes is going to happen dramatically. I think you're gonna go from like you know how uh, the easiest way to compare it is NB- the NBA, right? So I just finished watching this documentary that Apple TV put out about Seth Curry or Steph Curry. Seth is his brother, uh, Steph Curry, um, and just in general his upbringing and and playing at Davidson College and and everything he, he how he was treated as an underrated player but basically the 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 Golden State Warriors are the perfect example of a team that is that had an identity all in all these things and all of a sudden Clay Thompson goes down with an injury and then the next day for two or the next year for two years they don't qualify they don't make the playoffs and then one of the two years they were the worst team in the NBA uh yeah. you know like it's that big of a drop off from one day one day to the next. I think the U.S. are at risk of potentially facing that kind of drop off. Now I might be absolutely bananas and crazy for saying that, but I do think at some point that's what's going to end up happening. I don't think the only. Yeah, I, I, I don't agree, or I don't disagree with you because, like, I mean, obviously, you look at it and you say, "This year, you might have the biggest question." Like, like every World Cup that the women have participated in, they've had that, it's a Mia Hamm team, it's an Abby Wambach team, it's a Carly Lloyd, like they've had that factor, a Megan Rapinoe team, Alex Morgan team. Like they don't really have that this year, so they've kind of lost, not lost their identity, but they don't have like that person that may be driving them or pushing them a little bit harder in training. And that's where you might see the, like the laziness in the passes, right? You don't have, you know, you lose your captain right before the World Cup, so you just don't have that person that's really pushing you. And it might just be, it just might be a bunch of people looking around at each other like, well, I want to say something, but I'm, I don't wear the armband or we're splitting the armband. Like it might be a case of one of those things, but it also might be a case of the U S you know, potentially transforming as you know, this last generation of like Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe and, and Tobin Heath, like as they phase out in this new younger generation comes in of how their style of play is going to look. Like it could be a matter of just transformation period. Like they might be evolving. Like that might be what you're seeing as well. Yeah, it it could be. I just think at some point 
physicality, um, it's not physicality is not the answer to everything. If not on the men's side, you would have you would have seen an African team win the World Cup at this point. And Morocco, yeah. being, Morocco being the one that got the furthest in getting to the semifinals in the history of the World Cup in the ninety four years of the World Cup or ninety years of the World Cup, um, you're you're looking at it from the perspective that like, like yeah, African a- teams have been primarily known to, to, for being very physically able or physically the, um, um, inferior to their opponents. No, not inferior. No, the opposite. Quite the opposite. African teams have been uh, opponents have been inferior to African teams. to African teams. Yeah. yeah, but yet again, why is it that Morocco? It took Morocco till twenty twenty two to get to the you know ninety eight year or um ninety two years later to first team that first African nation to to get to a semifinal. Um, it's all up here, man. It's all mental. Yeah, but part of it is also technical. Like I think, I think yeah. it's a combination. I mean, it's a combination of everything. But I do think that the U.S. are going to have to have a deeper look within themselves. Um, and it might be a matter of the U.S. is all their players are NWSL based for the most part. Probably ninety five percent of them. I, I, I looked at it, except for Lindsay Horan, um, who technically is technically a U.S. She's on loan from the Portland Thorns to Lyon. Um, so all your players are playing at home, and that might be the drop off. I think the bigger question is how come and I don't I don't hundred percent know the answer to this question, but um how come um the US players that have tried to play abroad in these bigger teams or bigger leagues have struggled? Like I'm making I just I just getting playing time. Right, like all these players like went abroad and tried to play, and it just—I don't think they've gotten as much playing time, or as, or they just—I don't know. Um, luckily, I think next week we'll have an interview um, with an overseas player. Uh, we're we're gonna take a trip closer to the World Cup than you think, um, and hopefully we'll we'll have some answers and we might have some more insight as to the difference between other countries. And you know, we got the perspective from Sierra a couple weeks ago about Iceland. So now we'll we'll hopefully get some perspective from a different part of the country or the world. Um, but yeah, so overall, you know, it'll be exciting to see how the how the rest of the women's world cup unfolds. Um so far, what I have seen though, it's um two two take two big takeaways. Um the some of the stadiums are really, really cool. Like the stadium that Argentina played in last night was a completely glass covered stadium, um, which is pretty cool. The one thing is I haven't seen a hundred percent like packed stadiums. I don't know if the stadiums are just massive and then they just can't fill them, but like the Argentina game didn't have a whole lot of people in it. Um, so I think that's a that's a it seems slight I know that there there's a lot of big hype, and again, we'll get a better better idea of it next week when we we have a guest. But um, but it does seem like maybe it's because it's spread out between the two countries, and maybe that's causing some of it, and maybe Australia is such a big country in general that that it's causing some of that but um i have seen some 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 not full stadiums that i think well it's also you also have to think i mean wednesday my phone went off there there were like five of the teams i follow were playing on that day like there's a lot of soccer being played right now where sure you want to follow your national team 
But if I'm American and, you know, like Chelsea just played in Philly, when's the last time Chelsea, like, when's the last time a lot of these teams came to America and did the tour, right? So it's like kind of picking and choosing. It's difficult decisions you have to make. And you could be seeing that too. Like a lot of teams are just traveling yeah. the world. And, you know, if I'm in Japan, maybe I want to see Ronaldo. Maybe I want to see Manchester City. Maybe I want to, see, you know what I'm saying? It's just making those choices. Yeah. Hey, maybe I want to go to Miami and go see, you know, Messi, right? Like that, those are decisions I think your people may have to make, which is tough decisions. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we move on to the League's Cup, <clears throat> let's talk about, uh, I want to talk about ODP real quick. Uh, ODP tryouts um, are going to be happening August 13th. Uh, it's a Sunday, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, it's a Sunday. Um, yeah, it is. Um, August 13th at Kirkwood Sports. Um, for more information, visit dysa.org. Um, you can go to the ODP um, tab and look for that. Um, but if you're, I, 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 the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because outside of the fact that I, I now currently work for DYSA as well for a little bit, um, I, I think it's I think it's good to talk about the difference between ODP and um and and a club team. And you grew up in Delaware. Um, did you play ODP? Basically, ODP in the academy, right? That's I mean, that's what it really comes down to. What ODP and like the acad and like playing in like an academy, right? Like, that's basically your yeah. Comparison. I mean, I mean, did you did you did you play ODP when you were growing up? I did. So. So I think the biggest question that I've 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 at least seen from parents is like, well, like is this a, like a different club or is it like, do we, you know, is it does it, you know, uh, is it going to affect my ability to, or for my kid to play club at, you know, whatever the local club that they're playing in Delaware is? It's uh, basically, I mean, I mean, I guess the, the the answer to the parent would be it's basically like your kid going on state duty you know yeah. like like instead of international duty like you're going on delaware duty you know you're going and you're playing in in events um you're training with some different players you you know maybe you are at a maybe you're at a club and you know your neighboring club has a player and you guys get to play together you guys have been battling all year against each other maybe you guys play each other three or four times a year um but it's a good opportunity to play against players around your state you know um opportunity for the best players to play with each other and to make each other better and to collaborate um i think one of the you know the big change i think is that it's definitely more affordable from when it was in my time yeah um and, and i think more people are in sync but i think it's still a an evolving process because um so that we're capturing the best players in the state and part of it's maybe interest but other, I, I think you could, you know, we could find a way to get the best players out there and really represent. Yeah, I mean, I, so here's what I really like. So the 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 trial that's happening August thirteenth, um, it's sixty five dollars. You get two jerseys, um, two, you know, you get two jerseys. You get a pair of shorts and a pair of socks. Um, it's important, I think, for players to come to the tryouts. Um, even though there there are three total events in the ODP calendar for the year, um, and there's some scouting that happens in between. Um, ultimately, and there's there's one or two practices that happen right before the the tournament, the regional tournament in June. Um, but 
but you want to get to the tryouts. You want to be identified as early as possible um, because the, you know, that the winter, uh, the winter mini camp is an invite only mini camp. You have to be invited into the mini camp. Um, so the earlier you can be identified, the better, um, you know, kind of the better it is. And, you know, it's the more players we can have, the better the experiences for everybody. Um, I do like this in comparison to the, I was, I was slightly involved in the previous iteration of ODP in Delaware um, a few times from trials perspective and things like that. Um, and, and, and as you mentioned, Duane, it was not affordable. Um, it was time consuming. The commitment level was, was extensive. Um, and this is, this just allows players to be able to experience ODP experience playing with different players, experience representing their state against other states um new coaching yeah, I, mean, and, and I, I don't think that the old model was far off um i think there could be some, I, I think integration would be like great like i know for me like the camp was definitely the most beneficial playing with other players other states um and just like you know you know, being the only like Delaware being a very small state and having a small number of players versus like a, a Pennsylvania that has maybe three or four teams, right? You might know some of these players, but you go to ODP camp, you get put on with a group of kids, you're probably the only kid from Delaware out there. So now you've got to learn players, you've got to, you know, adapt, you've got to, and being in a group of, you know, 15, 16 players, well, six of you are center mid, someone's got to adapt, someone's got to become, yeah. you know, a center back an outside back it's just like you know that for those three days just kind of like hey maybe i am an outside back man i'm open yeah. to this um because i think it opens people's eyes when they you know you say you want to be a college soccer player mm-hmm. and you go to these like college id camps and you're doing this every like you go to a col- one day yeah you go to a one day college id camp it's the same thing right so i think that would be you know for those kids that are playing college i think it would definitely be useful for them um yeah. It would definitely be useful. I mean, ODP, I know it's not what they're looking for, but maybe they start to offer some, you know, college or getting more college coaches out there to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. So, no, overall, very exciting opportunities. So, uh, yeah, make sure you visit dysa.org for more information there. All right. Let's talk about uh, the League's Cup. Um, The League's Cup defines the Philadelphia Union currently. Um, one of the Philadelphia Union team, one of the four, um, that qualified for the next round. Yeah, four teams that have already qualified. On top of Lyon, um, LAFC, or sorry, out of Pachuca and LAFC, who automatically made it through because they had won their perspective, their respective leagues. Um, but Inter Miami, Mazatlan already in, and Lyon already in. Um, looking at the group, I actually went through all the groups this morning. I think the Eastern Conference it potentially ended up with some of the weaker Mexican teams. Like, when you look at it, San Luis um, lost to Red Bulls uh, 5-1 the other day. Uh, Atlas won their their first game um, against New York City FC, but they won. You can't say Atlas is a. You can't say Atlas is weak though. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. But uh, Pumas, uh, Pumas lost 
in PK. So they tied the game and then lost to uh, Montreal and PK. Uh, Carretero and Tijuana both lost to the Union poorly. Um, they were they were not very good teams, and Philadelphia hadn't been play, especially against Tijuana, didn't play their best soccer. Um, Nicaxa uh, losing to FC Dallas three nothing. Um, Cruz Azul. It's also the way the it's also the way the groups were drawn too. Like the Union aren't supposed to be playing Club America in the in the group stage, right? It was based on if you were the top team. Yeah, yeah. MLS, yeah. you play the bottom team from Mexico, so yes. that's where you kind of see where the Union. Yeah, they got two weaker opponents, but that's how it was supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, you look at it with Inter Miami. If they didn't have Messi, you know, then they're playing one of the supposedly better Mexican sides, um, and a better team in Atlanta. But you know, the Messi effect kind of changes things. So, I mean. The Eastern Conference might just be better soccer. It could be. Um, we also yeah. don't expect. We also don't expect in a group of NYCFC, Atlas, and Toronto. We already know who the the weak the weak team is there, right? Toronto. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah, I just think it's interesting. Um, but yeah, really good stuff from the Philadelphia Union. Um, Gazag. Um, with three goals. And he'll the record that Messi doesn't even have. They both played two games. Only one of them has a hat trick. Does he have the first hat trick in the League's Cup? On the East on the East Coast, he does. <laughs> Not on the West Coast? Oh no. DC United only scored one goal. No, I mean Club America scored four, but it wasn't the same guy. Uh, neither was Nashville, neither was Chicago. Um, NYCFC did not have the same guy score three. Um, no. Uh, the same day that, um, no, there has been a second uh, hat trick. I, right around the same time that the Union had been playing, uh, Giacomo Vriani from New England Revolution scored a hat trick. And I think that game actually might have started earlier than the union game. Oh, well, so that, thing, that, hat, that hat trick might've happened um, right before, right around the same time. Um, but that's good. I mean, you're getting goals. That's what, that's what you want, right? You want to see goals. Um, you, you, yeah, I mean, it's a, it, I think so far it's been a good tournament. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely, I mean, for, for, you know, a mid season tournament, it's definitely a good opportunity. Um, I think the interesting part is next year, do you possibly have, do you possibly do this, right? Do you have the higher placed Mexican teams host in Mexico, right? To give them that kind of advantage. Cause I, I think you lose a little bit of, so there's a little something. So right? two, two things with that one, you're also catching the Mexican teams only two or three games into their regular season. Yeah. So you're catching them really early. Second, um, I'm going to answer your question with a question. All right. Who's got the cash? Well, you know, who has got the cash. That's, that's, that, that's what it comes down to. This, this tournament will be played every single year in the same place, depending on, there's a reason why the gold cup isn't played in Costa Rica. Well, yeah, they don't have enough stadiums. There's a reason why it's not, not played in Canada either. 
Yeah, nobody wants to play on turf. So there you go. Like it, it, it or or Mexico. It's not playing in Mexico. Too hot. It's all about the Benjamins, man. Well, they're not playing games in Vegas. They're playing games in Philly. Doesn't matter. They're, but you're playing. But structurally, infra- the infrastructure is set up. All this stuff comes down to bidding, right? It's who bids for it. Who's got the more money, the most money? Who's who's got, you know, better resources or what? All these things. So the leagues cup will continue to be played in the U.S. as long as the U.S. puts more money than Mexico. And once now, do I now? The difference comes in is like I'm not saying that the U.S. or U.S. soccer or whoever it is, the MLS, is uh, has more money. I'm just saying they're willing to put up more money than Mexico is. If Liga Mekis decided that they wanted to host everything and pull shell out some cash, they got more money than 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 the MLS. Well, yeah, sure. I, I would just love to see, like, looking at the West Group, right? Leon, Monterey, and Tigres host their hosting their their respective stadiums because I think it makes it a little bit difficult for the MLS teams to to fly through there. Yeah, you, gotta you, go play, little, you got you got to play at the Azteca. Yeah. Not now, now, can you can you play? Yeah. Can you play, or are you just good at you know what I mean? Well, like Cincinnati, for example, Cincinnati was playing Guadalajara last night, and this that game is actually going to be replayed today at two o'clock, or the the last thirty minutes of the game are going to be replayed, or are going to be played today at two o'clock because uh, of the weather. Yeah the the so, weather the weather in Cincy was uh, was no good. So no bueno. Yeah. So um, but let's let's talk about the 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 giant um five five elephant in the room. Um that is Lionel Messi. Yeah, he did a good job. He's playing really well. Listen, I I I have to the the what he's been able to do in uh, two weeks um to me is is unreal um but are you surprised i'm i'm i i want to say i am not but i also am i'm just i'm surprised at the fact that like i think this i think this i think he's now reached a new level of a fandom and stardom and the timing of when he moved to the MLS. Actually, to be honest, it doesn't really matter. I think I think Messi could have stayed at PSG, gone to Barcelona for a year, and done this in a year or two years, and it would have been exactly the same. The, I, maybe not. Maybe. I think obviously, I, obviously, the fact I, that he just won the World Cup less than a year ago helps. Um, but I think what he's been able point, to do... I was going to say, at this point in his career... He's accomplished everything, right? He's yeah. won everywhere he's gone. Yeah. This presents a new challenge for him, which is can I make the people around me better? And can I be a superstar? Can I can I help grow the game in a way where I'm a superstar and people I'm 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 accessible, right? People can come and see me. Yeah, but whereas Ronaldo, who went out all of a sudden spoke out and said that the Saudi Arabia league is way better than the MLS. Um, he did. So he did this a year ago, right? So he, he met, he left, uh, what, right after the world cup or right during the middle of the world cup, he announced he was going to Saudi Arabia and he's been there for the last seven months. 
Um, and all of a sudden, we're like, oh, goodness, like, that's awesome. Like, and then Benzema's going over there and all these other things. But realistically, maybe it'll wear off in, in two or three months and we won't be looking at it the same way. But real realistically, like, could you care less about the Saudi Arabia League? Well, you think about the Saudi Arabia League, right? Is it accessible for me to watch? No. I don't really know. Right? It's not. It's not. I've tried. It's not accessible for you to watch. Does it come on at a time? And if it was accessible, does it come on at a time where I want to watch it because of the time difference, right? Uh, um, it would be morning games, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It'd be kind of like the, the World Cup, right? It'd be early early morning games. But I think it's just, I, I just don't think it's the same level of like, I, I don't think the interest is there. I think the fact that it's the U.S. makes it that much more interesting for anybody else. Well, and that's the other part, right? Is it accessible to me? Yeah. Like, can I go and watch Ronaldo? Can I go watch what is the, Al, Al Nasser? Can I go watch them play? No. Well, I got to go travel across the world. If we're going to travel across the world, are you going to go see Ronaldo play? Are you going to go? You're going to go to no, Europe and go whereas, watch Barcelona play, Whereas right? you and I, you and I can literally get on the, get on the plane, you know, from my house, it's 10 minutes from your house it's 35, 40 minutes. We can get on a plane and literally land 10 minutes away from the, from the pink stadium. Right. Or, or it's, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, even if he was playing the Red Bulls, like we can go up there and go watch him play the Red Like, Yeah. It's accessible. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, but yeah, I, I think what he's been able to do, I think it's it's comparable or even exceeds what what I was told Pele did for the for the Cosmos when he came to play to the U.S. Um, I think it's I think it's that level of play. Um, I think what he's going to be able to do for Inter Miami and Tata Martino is is crucial. Um, I think in general, what Wait, what he's done for what is it? Robert Trailer has been <laughs> beautiful for him. <laughs> I mean, I, I think what he's like, if you look at what he's done already from as a teammate, right? So he, in his interview, he talks, you know, he could easily have the spotlight, right? Take the spotlight. No, he humbles himself in the idea that like, I was lucky enough that the ball went there and it went by the goalkeeper. And hey, let me, let me send a big shout out to um, Ian Frey, who suffered, uh, you know, that unfortunate injury. Um and then the next day gives all of his teammates inter Miami beats. Like that's like little things like that. I think go, go a long way because that's when we talk about the mental side of the game and you've already seen it. Have those players gotten any, like have they changed technically at all in the last week and a half, two weeks that Messi has been there? Uh, oh, definitely. No, no, no. But like, has have they gone through any like? Is there any sort of like quantifiable data that you can say? Oh my God, this player is now this much faster after two weeks, or their first touch has gotten this much better after two weeks because of you know any sort of quantifiable measure, right? You've trained a thousand more hours or whatever it is. Like, I don't know that. Too. I the pro here's the this is why it's not a good question. They also just got a new coach. So to answer that's my question, point. That's my you, point, though. Yeah, your question is sure, but I mean, yeah, Tata Martinez in there is going to bring in a different style of play. So no, no, my no, but that's my point. My point is the answer is like no, like they they've done nothing different. Like as players, they haven't done 
it's not like the 20 year old or the 18 year old um the 18 year old player is all of a sudden 10 years older and is 28 years old and has 10 more years of experience and of and learning all that stuff all that's changed is literally two weeks in his life and already this team is better because of being around a a, a different or better coach however you want to look look at it and being next to one of the best number sixes in the entire world um and 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 the best player in the world right now like just just it's by osmosis like holy hell like that's the only way you can describe it it's just literally being around around him makes you better like like just literally standing next to the guy just makes you better and and that is yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's no way to quantify that. Yeah, I mean, bad news for Miles Robinson is being around him didn't make him a better player. I'm saying his teammates got better. Tiago Almada, unfortunately, didn't either. He could have at least scored one goal and he didn't. Um, but like again, there's no rhyme or reason. The Inter Miami had been the worst team, had given up like 36 goals in 20 games or something like that, and all of a sudden. Since Messi has been on the field, they have not given up a goal. They gave up a goal. They gave up a goal before he was. That was no. Oh my gosh! No, I'm I'm talking about a player that doesn't defend. (laughs) Doesn't it? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like that's my point. Since he has stepped onto the field, Inter Miami, who had been one of the worst teams in the MLS or potentially is still the worst team. They are the worst. They still are the worst team in the MLS. They They are the worst team in the MLS. That's fine. They're the worst team in the MLS with the worst goal differential or the least amount of goals scored versus the amount of goals they've given up or the most amount of goals they've given up or whatever it is, all of a sudden have gone into not giving up a single goal since he stepped on the field and only one goal in two games. But, and, and not only that have been managed to score six goals in two games. I'd say the one goal, only giving up one goal is definitely lucky because Club Tijuana was on the, or they played Tijuana. No, who did they play? Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul was on their heads, man. It Again, the Messi effect adds almost like magnetic field around the around the goal at this point. So yeah, let Messi put the gloves on and go stand in goal. I'm just saying, man. I'm just like, that. Like that's like, it, like what it does mentally for the entire organization, I think is is massive. Um, and potentially the MLS. So, um, but I did have a fun stat for you. Speaking of of Messi and, and all this stuff, um, as we're talking about, you know, the Inter Miami and Messi's first game was happening at the same time as the women's national team playing their home opener against uh, um, uh, Vietnam. Well, it wasn't. Now, Apple TV has not and probably will not release the number of, of viewers um, just because it's it's Apple TV and I don't think they want to release the numbers. But the women's national team ended up with almost as big number as big a numbers as the opening of the 2019 World Cup against Chile. Um, and uh, uh, the MLS actually ended up surpassing its last... Um, uh, record for the biggest single network audience uh, because Univision ended up streaming the game on like on the TV outside of if you didn't have the Apple TV season pass, you could watch it on Univision. Univision. 1.75 million viewers via linear TV network, whatever that's, that means, 
Uh, so it's the biggest single network audience since Freddie Adu uh, in April 2020, in April 2004 on ABC, which was 1.97 million. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. So it's since then. So it didn't surpass that, but since then it's been the uh, the biggest single network. Oh, so you're saying nobody tuned in to watch Taylor Twelman play? Nah, man. <laughs> but everybody, everybody tuned in to watch Freddie play. Um, yeah, I mean, fourteen year old playing professional sports. Yeah, <laughs> fourteen, sure. Uh, all right, let's talk about. Uh, let's do a player of the match. Uh, I got two. All right, who are your two player of the matches? Player. Uh, of the, match. the first one is Daniel Gazdag. Because he scored a hat trick for Messi um, in the League's Cup. Okay. Did it in style. The second one goes out to Ben Kermashi from Inter Miami. The kid's good. He's only yeah. 18. Ben Hamin Kermashi, Argentinian. Well, no. US no. born, US no. born, US no. born, US born of Argentina. Don't, don't try to lay claims. What did you say? USA. No, he's, he's Argentinian, Argentinian. Argentinian sports heritage, man. USA U19 team. Um, he was also in the under 20 team and was very close to going to the under 20 World Cup for Argentina. Well, it's very close. And guess where he didn't go? He didn't go for the US either. It's fine. I'll be trying. Y'all guys all try always try to steal players, man. I'm not trying to steal anybody. I'm just saying his parents are Argentinian. His parents, cool. his dad, his dad played for 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 Argentina's rugby team, and his mom played for Argentina's field hockey team. Good. Good for them. That's where their son's going to play. I mean, that's fine. You can play for the U.S. I'm, I, I don't care. I don't know why he hasn't gotten called up to something. I mean, I don't know. Um, all right. All right. So those are you two. The kid, the kid should have on a U.S. jersey like yesterday. <laughs> should have scheduled a friendly against Rex MFC. There you go. That's tonight. I'm excited for that. Um, all right. My player of the match goes out. I mean, to Drake. I'll pay for your seats if you can name five players from the union team that are playing tonight. <laughs> uh, I saw one today. What's his name? <laughs> um, M- Milovic. One of them is Milovic. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. I'm not there for the like. I'm excited. It'll be cool to to watch the Union Two play or something like that. But you know, ultimately, you can um, go watch the Union Two play for free. <laughs> um, they, they season tickets. They did. They, they what? You can you can go watch yeah. it. I didn't know that. You just log in. The- <laughs> I had no idea. You know, all the tickets are in your. You gotta just log in and get the tickets off of your account manager. But yeah, you get to go to all their games for free. Oh, I had no idea. All right, well, so you pay. <laughs> The one game you got to pay for, they made you pay for it. Yeah, it's all right. It's all good. Um, all right, my player of the match goes out to Drake. Not, not you know, not Toronto Drake. Drake Calendar. Calendar, man. Calendar is by far the one that's reaped the most amount of benefits. All of a sudden, I mean, I know he was called up to the to the Gold Cup squad, but um, not the Gold Cup squad. The League's Cup, Nations League, Nations League, whatever it was. Um, but Drake Calendar, man, has been outstanding in two games. 
um and has done some really really cool stuff so good for good for good uh good old drake all right on this day in soccer history this this comes with a little game Dwayne. all right july 28th 2007 um do you remember the team name hearts yeah they're uh they're out of um they're out of the scottish league aren't they yep that's right so um so hearts normally played um their games at uh uh tyne castle park um in edinburgh since 1866 but uh you know they had lost a lot of their their fan you know their their biggest uh attendance was in 1932 and that was 53,000 people um since then it's been a lot less people around under 20,000 people showing up and things like that but in 2007 they hosted Barcelona um and so they needed to move them um to uh Murrayfield which is the home of Scottish rugby um, and then, so they ended up breaking their, you know, their team attendance record and, uh, 57,000 people went to that game. Okay. Okay. Hearts. Yeah. They used to so, play in the champions league once upon a time. Yeah. So three, one, three, one loss, uh, three, one win for, for Barcelona that game. All right. I'm going to give you three, three of these names and then we'll, we'll, we'll play the little game. So, um, Ronaldinho scored the first goal. Well, and this is 2007. 2007. So Ronaldinho scored the so first. This goal. is 2007, 2008. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, Ronaldinho scored the first goal. Okay. Um, Ronaldinho scored the second goal. And then Giovanni Dos Santos scored the third goal. <laughs> yep. Yep. There you go. Young Giovanni. Young Giovanni. Uh, can you guess who the assist was? From which one? For the Giovanni Dos Santos goal. 2007, 2008. 2007, 2008. This is a player that had just signed like a month before for Barcelona. Thierry Henry, Ibra, or... You got to pick one. I don't know. I don't want seven names. Thierry Henry, Ibra... Or man, was Danny Alves maybe just getting signed? Pick one. Am I right on one of those three? Pick one. Am I right on one of those three? Just pick one. I'm not telling you. Zero? Wrong. Yeah. Three. Uh, see, I knew I had one of the three. <laughs> All right, but so I so it kind of they kind of sent me down this like rabbit hole. So uh 2007-2008 campaign. Okay. Um, they finished third. They made to the semifinals of the Copa del Rey, semifinals of the Champions League. Um, do you remember the coach that year? So seven eight. Yep. Pep. Nope. Sean. Huh? <laughs> Frank. Reichard. Dutch. Yep. Frank Reichard uh, was the was the coach. Uh, there that was his last year before Pep coming in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as you get older, you know, out of that roster, I looked at all 20 some odd players on this roster. 
out of that roster. Still playing. Huh? Messi's the only one still playing. Yeah, so Messi, Messi is the only one. Uh, so here are the players that came in that year. Uh, Henri came in. Yaya Toure came in. Uh, Eric Abidal came in. Gabi Militos came in. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos came in, came in from Barcelona B. Uh, one of your favorite players and mine too, Bohan. Bohan Kirkic. Bohan Kirkic came in. And then Pinto came in, the third goal, second goalkeeper. Pinto, man, that boy is playing goalkeeper and never touched the field. Yeah. Um, players that left right before the season started. Uh, Bronkhorst. Um, hey, Bonnie Von Bronkhorst. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Javier Saviola went to Real Madrid. Uh, Julie Ludovic Julie, uh, the French player. Uh, Ruben, um, who is their the the bucket backup goalkeeper. Maxi Lopez, Argentinian, uh, huh? Is he Argentinian? Yeah, Maxi Lopez, Argentinian. Was he an outside uh, back? No, forward. Big number nine. And I'm thinking of a Max, it Maxi Rodriguez. Yeah, but Maxi Rodriguez was an outside mid or center mid. Yeah. There was a Maxi that was an outside outside back. Mm, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh Belletti, Juliana Belletti. Uh from Brazil. And Tiago Mota uh left all that year. All right. So out of that entire list of players. Right, there is only still only one player that continues to play. Giovanni Dos Santos. No, Giovanni Dos Santos hasn't played in two years. Uh, I thought he was playing for LA Galaxy. No, he he he, he hasn't played in two years for LA Galaxy. There's only out of that whole list of players. Only oh, actually, no, he hasn't played. He hasn't played for the Galaxy since 2018. He went to Club America and then hasn't played since. And he's only 34 years old, so he's retired at this point. Well, Bohan definitely not playing no more. <laughs> Bohan actually just retired um this like in January or in March. Bohan retired in March. After he um was at Montreal, he went to uh Vissel Kobe. Um Japan. he was playing with Iniesta. He was playing with Iniesta, but he didn't get selected. He didn't play a single game in 2023, so he was like, "All right, I'm out," and just like he just quit playing. 32 years old, retired as a soccer player. Get that potential, man. Yeah, um, he retired. So he, he announced his retired. He announced his, his his retirement at the camp now. As he should, man. They should retire yeah. his number. All right. So, who is the only still active player from that? 2007 2008 roster. I mean, do you have any other ideas of who some of those players are that have already retired? No, well, it's not Puyol, it's not Victor Valdez. It's no, I'm not. just saying, no, no, I'm saying like who was still on that team. I'm not saying who's still actively playing, but do you remember some of the te- some of the players, right? So Victor Valdez, Puyol were on that team. Right. You remember who else was on that team? I mean, Jordi Alba was on that team. Nope. Xavi was on that team. Iniesta was on that team. Jordi Alba. Jordi Alba had not come in yet. No? So Abidal was the starting left back? Yep. Um, 
I mean, Deco was probably on that team. Deco was still on that team. Xavi <laughs> was on that team. Xavi, yes. Actually, uh, sorry, there are two two active players from that well, roster. Messi is obviously one of them. And then you just named the other one. Oh, Iniesta. Yeah, it's Iniesta and Messi. Iniesta and, and um, Messi are the two remaining players from that team. You know, everybody else, I actually looked this up. Everybody else is mostly in their 40s at this point. Yeah, it's an old, it was an old team, man. Yep. Gianluca Zambrata Zamb- was, was, the, uh, was the right, right back. back. Yep. Ronaldinho was on that team. Eto was on that team. Uh, Good Johnson was on that team. Um, that's back when those players could go out after a night and play. Rafa Marquez, Rafa Marquez was still on that was on that team. He's not still playing anymore. No, no, no. He stopped. He, he finally stopped. hung him up. He finally hung him up in 2018. He he retired in in 20. He appeared for the Mexican national team in 2019. <laughs> I mean, he might have. It was close. He was back. They might call him it. Or they might call him up for the next gold cup. Um, but Ronaldinho was on that team. Uh Silvinio, who is currently the head coach um at in Albania. Um Giovanni Dos Santos, Lillian Turam. Oh, French. Yeah, the center back. Um Eric Abadal Oliger was was there as a center back as well. Um yeah. But quite quite the team. Quite the team. All right. Uh on this day, no, that was on the we just did that. The Dan Simmons Fair Play of the Week. Um, I'll can I go with mine first? Go with yours. All right. Mine goes out to Tobin Heath and Kristen Press. Yeah, Tobin Heath. Tobin Heath, Kristen Press, uh recently launched a so Kristen Press, Tobin Heath, um, Megan Rapino, and Megan, um, uh, Megan uh, Kleinenberg, all former former World Cup winners, um, or World Cup winners. Um, so Kristen Press and Tobin Heath recently, so they have a company called Re. So now they're calling it the Recap Show, um, and they have a YouTube. They have a YouTube channel. Um, and they're doing the moment like right after um, matches and things like that. Uh, they do previews or or post game recaps of of the U.S. Um, with different guests. Uh, so episode one was Jill Ellis. Episode two was Kristen or uh, was uh, Laura Harvey. Um, and then episode three that I watched. I've I've only watched one episode. That was I just watched that one. Uh, they interview uh uh Miedema from the Netherlands who's currently recovering from injury um and they interviewed um um oh goodness why am I blanking all of a sudden um uh goodness uh this is bad I'm like losing my mind here um they interviewed um it was Kristen Press. Oh goodness, got music all over the place. Um Did they interview Sebastian? 
Lauren, 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 uh, Lauren Cheney Holiday. That's who it was. Oh, Drew Holiday's wife. Yeah. Yeah, I just I couldn't remember. Uh, you know, that was the first player that got married and changed her name. I had no idea. Like it, cha- it changed the world. I was like, I had no idea who she was. Yeah. They were like, oh, Lauren Holiday. I was like, oh, they got a new player. They're like, no. She's played like a hundred times. She's like, dude, I've never heard Lauren Holiday. And I was like, oh, she's Lauren Cheney. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren Cheney Holiday. Uh, Lauren Holiday Cheney. Lauren Cheney Holiday. One of the two. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I would, I would recommend you to go watch it. It's pretty cool. Um, they have a lot of really cool, uh, perspective on things. Um, they don't really hold back from, from their opinions, which is, which is cool. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my fair play of the week. Um, man, to go back to your point from the U S women's national team, it'd be a lot more technical if she was playing. Yeah. I I don't know. She's good, man. All right, who's your fair play of the week? Mine is going to go out to uh, the technical support team at uh, uh, Soccer Post. Yeah, they had to, they had to you know work some extra hours to get that website back up because website links went out and the website crashed. Wow! <laughs> hey man, you want you want efficiency? You want hey. I see that dollar sign. Every time I log in, I see the dollar sign. So yeah. if you want the dollar signs, you got to get that work in. But yeah, we crashed it. So a lot <laughs> of people were trying to buy stuff last weekend and Funny. they had it up and running really quick. Nice. Good stuff. They crashed it while we were at the union game. So I was like, I can't really like, yeah, can't, do anything. It's no singular. Um, all right. Well, um, that's it for this week. Uh, next week, we should hopefully have a an interview. Um, so that'll be oh, we'll get an interview. That'll be that'll be fun. I'm excited for this overseas interview with the with the giant time difference. So there's your there's your hint for it. Um, Soccer Dan back in for an interview. We could we could do that. Uh, well, uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at de soccer podcast at the soccer podcast. Thanks for joining us this week, and remember always receive the ball on your front foot. Mm-hmm.